catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson Part 5 Chapter 26 Israel Hands The winds so in us to Zion now hold into, into the west. We could run so much the easier for the northwest corner of the island. The mouth of the north inlet only as we had no power to anchor dared not beach her till the way tide flowed a good deal further time hung on our hands cotswain told me how he to lay this ship to with a good many trials that succeeded and sat we both sat in silence over another mule captain he said smile and the same Come to smile, there is me old shipmate for growing swells. You have to eave him a bold a bold. I would have picked her at all. You don't have no take no blame for setting his arse in his ash. I don't reckon I'm ornamental now, do you? I'm not strong enough, I don't like the job, and here he lies for me. I said I Here's there's the old and unlucky ship, Mrs. Bowyer Jim. He went on blinking. There's a power of men been killed in Sponia. The sight of poor seamen dead and gone since you and me took that ship to Bristol. I've never seen such dirty luck, not I. There, this is a here, here. Our boy in there. He's dead, isn't he? Well, now, I know scholar. And I, you lad, so can read and figure. Put in straight. You two take as it does a dead man is dead. For good. Or you'll come alive. Or do we come alive again? You'll kill the blood body, his hand, but not the spirit. You must know that already, I replied. Brian is in another world and may be watching us. Aye, says he. Well, that's unfortunate. Appears as if it killing parties was a waste of time. How's ever? As ever, spirits can't reckon for sure. By the way, when I see I chance it with them spirits, him. Now you've spoken it free, free. I take it kind if you step down into the dear air cabin and get me. Well, a shiver of your timbers, I can't hit name on it. Well, you get me a bottle of wine, Jim. This here brandy's too strong for my head. Now the Cotswain sensation seemed to be unnatural, as the notion is preferring wine to brandy. I totally disbelieved it. Holstein was a pretext. He wanted me to check the deck. So much of plain. For what purpose I could not in no way imagine his eyes ever met mine. They kept wandering to and fro, up and down. Now with a look of the sky, now a glance upon the dead O'Brien. All the time he gets smiling, putting his tongue out. The most guilty and embarrassed manner that a child could have told he was bent on some deception. I prompt with my answer. However, I was, for I saw where my advantage lay. I was a fellow so densely stupid. I could easily conceal my suspicions to the end. Some wine, I said, fell better. Will you have red or red? Well, you reckon it's about the blessed same to me, Spirit, mate, he replied. 
So it's straw. So it's it, it straw and plenty of it. What's the odds? All right, I answered. I'll bring you pulp, Mr. Pans. Uh, but I have to dig for it. With that I scuttled down the, with a companion with all the noise I could, could step off my shoes. Ran quite along the Gasparian Gallery. Made it a full castle ladder. Popped my head out of a fallen companion. Knew I could not expect to see me. He would not expect to see me there. Yet I took every precaution possible. And certainly the worst of my suspicions proved it too true. He risen from his position with his hands upon his hands and knees. And though his leg obviously hurt him pretty sharply when he moved, for I would hear him stifle a groan. Yet it was at his good rattling rate he trailed himself across the deck. Half a minute he had reached the port, scuppers and picked a coil rope, a long knife, a rather short dirk, discoloured to the hilt with blood. He looked about upon it for a moment, thrusting the fourth his upper jaw, tied the point upon his hand, and hastily concealing it in his bosom jacket, trundled back again, his old punished face against the bulwark. Yes, that's just all that I required to know. Israel could move about. He's not now armed. He had been in so much trouble to get rid of me. It's plain I was meant to be the victim. What he would do afterwards, whether he would try to crawl right across the line and would not forget to camp, to camp around among the swamps of weather, would fire long Tom, thrusting that, trusting that his old comrades might come to help him. Was, of course, more than I could say. Yet I felt sure I could trust him at one point, sensing that our own interests jumped together. That was in the submission of schooner. We both desired that was stranded safe enough to share the place so that when the time came she could be off could got off again, little labour and dangers might be. Until I was done and considered that my life would be certainly be spared. While I was thus turning the business over in my mind, I had been idle with my body. I stole back to the cabin, slipped once more into my shoes, and laid my hand at random the battle of wine. And now, this for an excuse, I made a reappearance on deck. Hands lay as I had left him, all fallen together, and bundled with his eyelids lowered, as though he was too weak to bear the light. He looked up, ever at my coming, not to make off the bottle, like a man had done the same thing often, took a good swig with his favourite toast of his luck. He lay quiet for a little while, for a little, and picking out a stick of tobacco, begged me to cut out cut out a quid. Cut me a junk of that, he says, for I haven't no knife, and then hardly strength enough, so it be I had. Oh, Jim, oh, Jim. I reckon I missed Dre's cart me a coat, quid as I likely be at last, and for I for my long, old, long, old, and no mistake. Well, said I, I cut you some bad tobacco. If I was you, I thought myself so badly, I would go to my prayers like Christian man. Why, Coddy? Now you tell me why. Why, quite? You were asking me just now about the dead. You'd broken your trust. You lived in sin. Lies and blood. There's a man you killed lying at your feet this moment. And you asked me for God's mercy, Miss Hands. That's why. I spoke with little heaps, thinking of bloody Dirk, hidden in his pocket and designed his fault, your faults to me, end me with. He was in, for his part, took a great draught 
the wine and spoke with the most unusual severity. For twenty years, he said, he, he said, I sell the seas and see good and bad, but better and worse, far better, whether and foul up his visions. Why now, noise going and what not? Well, I tell you, boys, never seen good chance of goodness yet. Him's a strike first is my fancy. Them men don't bite, them's my views, I'm in. So it be it. And now you look here at me, then, suddenly changing my tone. We have been had enough of this foolery. The toy's good enough by now. You just take my orders, Captain Hawkins. We sell, slap me in, and be done with it. Old Toad is scared. It's two miles to run. I guess you're delicate. The entrance to this north anchorage was not only narrow and spilled, but lay east and west, so that the schooner must be nicely handled to go in, to be got in. I think that was good prompt show, but some baron I had very short hands of the extra pilot, for he went about and about and dodged in, shaking, shaking the banks with certainty and neatness as a pleasure to behold. Scarcely many passed ahead before the land closed round us. The shores of the north inlet were thickly, thickly wooded, those of the southern anchorage. The space was long, longer and narrower, and more like what it the truth it was the history of a river. Right for us, the southern end, we saw the wreck of a ship, last age of diplomatization. It had been a great vessel of three miles, but lay so long, exposed to the injuries of the weather. It was hung about the great webs of dripping seaweed, a deck of shore bushes, had taken root and now flourished thick with flowers. Sad sight, but showed us that the anchor was just calm. Now, said Hans, look here, there. Here's a pet bit of a beach of shipping, fair flat, and never a pet pole, trees all around it. A bit. Flowers are blowing like a gardening on an old ship. And once beached, I cried, how shall we get her off again? Why so, replied, you take a lion shore here? There on the other side of no water, take a turn about. One of them big pines cut me back. Take a turn round, the captain, and lie it for the tide. Come, my water all hands, take a pole upon the line. Off she comes as sweet as a night, neutral. And now, boy, you stand by. You're near the spit now. She's too much wave on her. Starboard, a little so steady, starboard. Labour a little steady, steady. So he wished his commands, which had breathlessly obeyed. Till all of a sudden he cried, Now me hearty enough. I put the helm hard up the helmet, and it only and swung round rapidly. I ran stern for the, for the low wooded shore. It's something in those last maneuvers, and somewhat interfered with what I had kept in the toe. Sure enough, upon the cotswain, but when I was still so much interested, waiting for the ship to touch, I had quite forgotten the peril that hung over my head, and stood craning over the starboard bulwarks and watching the ripples spreading wide before the bones. I might have fallen without the struggle of my life, had not a sudden disquiet seized upon me and made me turn my head. Perhaps I heard a creak or a seeing shadow moving with a tail of my eye. Perhaps it was an instinct like a cat, but sure enough, when I looked around, there was hands already half way towards me with a dirk in his right hand. We must have cried, both cried out aloud when our lives met. But while mine was a shrill cry of terror, he was a roar of fury, like a charging bull bullies. At the same instant he threw himself forward and leapt sideways towards the bows. Bowed in eye. 
I so I did so. I let go as Tiller, who sprang sharp for me. I think this saved my life. For it struck hands across the chest, stopped him for that moment dead. Before he could recover, I was safe at the corner where he was he had me trapped, ball of deck to dodge about, just forward of the main pass I'd stopped, drew a pistol from my pocket and took a clean aim. Though he'd already turned once more, coming directly after me and drew the trigger. Hammer fell, but they have fallen in flash or sound. Primary was useless, seawater. A curse was for me to neglect. Why had I not I long before repined and loaded only my only weapon? I should have not have been as now a mere fleeing sheep avoid but this botcher. Wounded as he was, he wondered how fast he could move his grizzled hair, trembling over his face, his face itself was grave as a red ensign. His haste and fury. I had no time to try my other pistol, nor indeed much inclination. I was sure it would be useless. One thing I could saw plainly, I must not simply retreat before him, or he would speedily hold me boxed into bounds. At the moment since he had so nearly boxed me in the stern, once so caught, and I in attendance of blood stained dirt would be my last experience on the side of eternity, placed my palms against the main mast, which was a Goodish, biggish, bigness, and waited every nerve upon the stretch. Seeing I meant to dodge, he also paused at the moment the two passed in two feints, his part and corresponding movements upon mine. Such a game so I often played at home by the rocks of Black Hill Grove, but never before, you may be sure, with such a widely, widely beating heart as now. See, as I say, it was a boy's game. I thought could hold my own against an elderly seaman, a wounded fire. Indeed, my courage began to rise so high, allowed myself a few darting faults on what would be the end of the affair, and while I saw certainly I could spin it out for long, I saw no hope for any ultimate escape. While these things stood thus, suddenly Spania struck, staggered round for an instant in the sand, and then swift a blow canted over to port side, till the deck stood at an angle of forty-five degrees, about punching the water, splashed into scupper holes, lay in a pool between the deck and bulwark. If both of us kept sides in a second, both of us rolled almost together into the scuppers of the dead red cap, his arms still spread out, tumbling stiffly after us. So near was were we indeed that my head came across the coxswain's foot with a crack, made my teeth rattle, blow and all. I was the first of foot again. For hands had got involved with the dead body. The sudden canting ship had made the deck so place running on. I had to find some new way of escape. Upon that instant, when my foe was about almost touching me, quick as a fault, I sprang into the mizzen. Trowels rattled up hand after hand. I did not draw a breath till I was seated on the cross trees. I had been saved by being prompt the dirt. Durga struck not half a foot below me, soon my outward flight. There stood his all hands, his mouth open, face upturned to mine, a perfect statue of surprise and disappointment. Now I had my moment to myself, lost no time in changing my prime meaning of my pistol. Then, having one ready for service, and to make assurance doubly sure, she did draw the load of the other and charge it fresh from the beginning. By employment struck hand all of the heap, began to see the dice going against him. After an obvious hesitation, he also held himself 
heavily to the shrouds, but Dirk's teeth began slowly and painfully to melt. Cost him no end of time, grows the haunts. All these wooden labels before it ended. Quite finished my arrangements, but he had much more than a third way up. Then with pistol either hand I addressed him. One more step, Miss Hans, said I. And I'll blow your brains out. Dead men don't bite, you know, I added for a chuckle. He stopped instantly to see by the working in his face. He was trying to think about the process the slow, slow, laborious in his new found, in my newfound security. I laughed aloud at what last was shadow too. He spoke, his face still wearing the same expression, dream petrality. In order to speak, he would take the dagger from his mouth. Then all else he made on the move. Jim, says he, I reckon we found you, you and me. We have to sign, we have to sign articles. I've had you, but for you, those that there loach. Why, I don't have no luck. Not I, I reckon. And ever to strike which comes straight, oh, you see, I must have married to be a young, ship younger like you, Jim. I was drinking in his words, as one way he could see it, the cook upon a wall. And all the ref went right back, went, went back, went his right hand over his shoulder. Something sang like an arrow through the air, for a blow, and then a sharp pang, and there I was, pinned by the shoulder in the mass. Horrid pain and surprise of the moat, I scarce could say, is my own, by my own relation. I was sure it was without a conscious aim. Both my pistols went off, and both escaped out of my hands. Did not fall alone. A choke cry the cot's worm, loosened his grasp upon the shrouds, and plunged head first into the water.